Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm grateful to be here with you today to sit in this space and be. Be with the grief and in the healing, to create space for peace and to share hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hi, my friends. Welcome to episode 178, Emotions During the Holidays. Wow, the holidays are like here, aren't they? Before we get started on that, I just want to remind you that this is our last episode for a while. So I encourage you to go back and listen to past episodes, to join our list at buildalifeafterloss.com. You'll get a free guide with three activities, three suggestions on ways that you can start to work with your emotions, and then also to join us on Facebook at Build a Life After Loss with Julie Clough. Look for the private Facebook group. There's a page, but there's also a new private Facebook group, and I show up there a lot. I'm in there a lot offering videos and suggestions, answering questions, um, doing some fun activities, different things. So yeah, join us there, especially while the podcast is on hiatus. You'll want to be there in the Facebook group. I'll be in there doing some similar things as what I've done on the podcast, sharing thoughts and sharing ideas and and just uh, wanting to be a support and to um, offer some things that have been helpful for me and some things that I've seen that have been helpful for my clients as well. Let's talk about emotions during the holidays. The holidays are like at our heels. (laughs) And as you know, memories, emotions are heightened during the holidays. And therefore, because emotions are heightened during the holidays, therefore you tend to create more memories during the holidays than any other time of the year. The traditions, the music, and the celebrations all create memories. And all those memories have a tendency to come flooding back when the lights show up, the music starts playing, and so many of the sights and sounds of the past are replayed in the current There's no other time where we play music that dates back to, I don't know, the 1920s and even beyond that. Like we sing Christmas hymns that are probably from the 1700s. So so there's no other time where we have so much nostalgia. And you'll have many opportunities during this time of year to process through the memories and the emotions associated with those memories. And your reaction to this flood of emotion may be to freeze, flee, or fight. But don't panic. There's nothing wrong with you if you have any of these responses. It definitely might not feel comfortable, but it's also definitely normal, and you can get through it. So this might seem a little strange, but we're going to talk about metabolism. (laughs) You're like, what does metabolism have to do with the holidays? Okay, well, I'm I'm going to tell you. So according to the dictionary, metabolism is the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. 
Okay, let's just talk about that definition for a minute. Chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. Did you know that your emotions create chemistry? There's chemistry associated with emotions. Okay, we'll talk about that in just a second. Or here's another definition. Metabolism is the chemical reaction in the body's cells that change food into energy. So what does metabolism have to do with emotions, with grief, with sadness, with the holidays, all that stuff? Okay, like I said just a minute ago, emotions are chemistry. It's why you feel your emotions in your body. And just like food needs to be metabolized, so does your emotions. So what happens when your body doesn't metabolize your food? It's not good, is it? Likewise, what happens when you block the metabolizing of your emotions? Again, it's not good. You have lots of questions about what to do with your emotions. So let's just take a look at the beauty of our metabolism and how your body can help you handle your emotions. So let's first just think about the digestive system. Your digestive system handles the metabolizing of your food that changes food into energy. It's a chemical process. Your body has a process of metabolizing. Your emotional body also has a digestive system. Now, don't get overly worried about what that looks like. Just know it works much like your physical digestive system. And just think about it for a minute. The good news is you don't have to know much about how your digestive system works in order to digest your food. Babies digest food, they don't know anything about science. Likewise, you don't have to know everything about your emotional digestive system in order for it to work either. You don't have to know how it works in order for it to work. Many of the things that help your body digest food will also help your body digest emotions. Let me give you some examples. Water, fruit, movement. Those things not only help your physical digestion, they all help with the energy and chemistry of emotions too. But unlike digesting food, a few super powerful tools in emotional digestion include intention, breathing, and visualization. You might also add to that digestion scribbling and journaling. Trust your body that it cannot only digest your food, but that it can also digest your emotions if you allow it. If you allow it. There's things that we do that blocks our emotional energy from digesting the emotions that we have. There's thought processes that we practice that block our digestion of emotion. Your thoughts are powerful. So if you think that 
letting go of the sadness means that you're letting go of the love or you're letting go of the person, then you're not going to be receptive to digesting the emotions of sadness. You're going to need to create space for processing the flood of emotions. Just like physical digestion takes energy, so does emotional digestion. If you're dealing with grief at any level, it's going to require your attention. Do not attempt to do all the things you used to do during the holidays. If you've ever had a brand new baby, you know the time and attention a baby takes. When you're a new mother, you don't do things the same way that you did before you had the baby. Everything takes longer. Going someplace takes longer. Got to make sure the baby's fed. You got to make sure the baby's dressed. Got to make sure the baby's got a clean diaper. Then you then you have to get them in the car seat. You got to get them in the car. You got to pack their bag to go so that you're prepared for anything that happens while you're gone. Why do I say all this? Because we wouldn't try to do the same amount of things that we did before we had a baby because the baby's going to require our attention. Your grief is going to require your attention. It's just like if, let's say you haven't been working and then you take a job. You're not going to have as much time for all the things that you were doing before you took the job. And so in other words, you can't take a full-time job, put that into your week, and still expect to do all the things that you were doing before you were working full-time. So think about that as you're planning your days and your weeks as the holidays approach. Grief is like a new, if not full-time job, a new part-time job. It's going to require your attention. So don't attempt to do all the things you used to do during the holidays. Do practice saying no. Lower your expectations for yourself. And practice self-compassion and patience. Now that may not sound good. You may really feel resistant to the idea of lowering your expectations. Everybody's a little different. So, so that this all may make total sense to you, and you may be like totally on board. Julie, I get it. I know I'm not going to try to do the same things that I've done in the past when I'm dealing with grief this year. I know that when I see certain sights and sounds that it's going to bring up memories, it's going to bring up some painful things, it's going to bring up some sadness, and I'm okay to give myself space for all that. You may be saying that. Your challenge may be that you're not sure the people around you will have the patience for you to do that. Your challenge may be there might be other people saying, but you've got to cook the turkey. You've always cooked the turkey. And you may be like, no, not this year. And so you may be dealing with pressure, even though you see the value of stepping back, giving yourself more space, 
you may have people in your life that don't see the value in that. Or you may have people in your life that are like, why is this difficult? It's been a year. It's been two years. It's been five years. Why are you still grieving? You may feel the pressure of the judgment that you feel from other people. So you may understand the value in creating space, but you may have people around you who don't support you in creating that space. And then you get to practice patience with other people. Patience with understanding that if they don't understand, it's okay. You understand. You understand why you need this space, even if they don't. And to get to that place where that's all you need is your own validation and your own understanding. And you can allow other people to struggle with the discomfort of their lack of understanding. And that doesn't have to mean that your emotions aren't valid and that the space you need isn't valid. Do what you feel up to doing and say no when you need to. If it's hard this year, remember it doesn't have to be hard every year. It can get better. And I promise you, as you continue to engage in the activity of healing, the activity of creating an environment for healing, which part of that environment for healing is allowing yourself this space. It's good practices like water, fruit, and movement, going for a walk. It's practicing those super powerful tools of emotional digestion, of intention and visualization, scribbling and journaling. It's trusting your body that it can digest your emotions as well and being patient in the process and knowing that the feelings of grief do have an end, that it is not a continuous, unending reservoir of pain, that the pain does have a limit, even if it feels like it doesn't right now. Know that there is an end to it and carry the intention that you are going to create the space, that you're going to create the environment for your healing. Also, pay attention to our emails that are coming out because we're going to be offering a free course on grief and the holidays, a survival guide where we go through four problems with grief during the holidays and four solutions to those four problems. We really break it down into what's happening, why there's so much pain during the holidays, and what can be done about it. So we'll try to make that available to you even um, later on. If for some reason you don't get the email about that particular course being available, reach out to us at support at buildalifeafterloss.com. All right, in the meantime, go to buildalifeafterloss.com for all the updates on what's new, what's available there for your support and guidance. We love you. I appreciate you being here. So grateful to have had this time with you. 
We're going to be taking that little break, but we'll um, we'll keep in touch and hope to see you over on Facebook and in email. I send encouraging emails every single week and sometimes multiple times a week. So have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. Remember to be patient with yourself. Remember to open yourself to the moments of joy, even in the holidays, even in the difficult. Love you. I believe in you. Take care. Bye.